This is Packers Now. Kyle Rogers looking. Throws left side of the end zone. Yes! Touchdown! Place for all your Packers news. Lost it over the left side into the end zone. Intercepted! Adrian Get the latest updates on the green and gold. Snap to Aaron Rodgers. Sets, fires, right side. Got Jordan Kelly at the 30. Touchdown! It's always Packers season at Packers Now. Right here, right now. I am your host, Ben Kurkowski, and today for Packers Now, what I want to do is I want to take a really in-depth look at this defense, okay? This is a defense that is really coming together uh, because we are running a new defense this year. Um, Joe Barry has come in as our new defensive coordinator in this zone-heavy scheme, uh, kind of born out of Vic Fangio's defense, famous for his time in Chicago and now in Denver. Uh, honestly, I totally believe the best defensive coordinator in the NFL and then worked uh, with the Rams last season who had the number one defense in the NFL as well. And so he's really learned a lot, really understood a lot, and I'm really excited for what he's going to bring to the Packers because the Packers, under Mike Pettin, uh, did not have the disguise, did not have that understanding of – <clears throat> really having a scheme because I think schemes can actually do a really big job in how good your defense is. I think uh, the players don't matter as much as sometimes the scheme, the design itself. And just that's a big deal. Um, as we, as I heard an interview from Dennis Kelly, who spoke to the media uh, about how the Titans actually last year, he played for the Tennessee Titans at right tackle. The Titans knew exactly how to attack this Packers defense last easy. It was really easy to scout for them. They just couldn't beat them. Okay. But think about just how much more effective our defense can be this season. If other NFL teams don't necessarily know what to expect, if they can actually disguise what they are going to do. And that's a huge part about this defense. It is disguise. What are they doing? Which way are they rotating? What's going on? Is it man? Is it zone? And who are they sending? Are they sending four? Are they sending five? Okay, who is the blitzer? Is he going back in coverage? All of those types of things are things that are happening in this new defense, okay? And as this defense has come together, it's had its struggles early on in camp, but coming into week two, it's actually starting to look a little better. Um, but as I look in depth at this defense today, where I want to start is with injuries, Okay. Not looking at the uh, design of this defense, the scheme, we're not going to get into that, but what I want to do is look at the specific players the Packers have run through this defense and see which players are being withheld right now and what that kind of means for the Packers. And so to start camp, the Packers have suffered um, several different minor injury concerns. Honestly, a lot of these players were injured before even coming to camp. They're on the NFI, the non-football injury related list, and most of them the Packers, most of the players the Packers have on that list are on the defensive side of the football. Players like Zadarius Smith, Kevin King, King Zakiki, all three players meant to be starters at their respective positions. Zadarius Smith on the edge, King Zakiki on the interior defensive line, and Kevin King at the cornerback position. Also, Will Redman, Isaiah McDuffie, all are, are two other defensive players who have not even practiced yet in camp. And even Jair Alexander has taken a few days of break as well to make sure he was fully healthy after just a little mix up uh, last week. And so 
with those defensive players not on the field, we've actually been able to see that this defense may have some holes um, in the positions behind these guys. Okay, The depth of this defense might not be where it needs to be if uh, the Packers are really trying to make a Super Bowl run. And that's what I want to kind of get into today and really dive into the, the players at the depth for the Packers defense. Are they good enough? if an injury were to occur. And so let's start by looking at the defensive line without Zadarius Smith. So far, he has not practiced at all in training camp. Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith have really been the guys on the edge for the Packers. And both of these guys um, uh, can be started, can be the starters for the Packers. Rashawn Gary having a heck of an off season and all accounts say he's ready for a big year three. And this guy should be the starter now, honestly, in front of Preston Smith when Zadarius is healthy. And even though, Preston Smith has had a really good offseason. He's gotten leaner. He's in better shape than he was last year. Um, nothing from camp right now, though, is telling me he's ready to play like he did in 2019, that first year he had in Green Bay, um, or even 2018, his best year of his career, his last season in Washington. Just this week, uh, the Packers have put pads back on, and in the first day of one-on-ones, Preston Smith got steamrolled in one-on-ones. He had three opportunities, three reps against uh, Elkton Jenkins, who's usually a left guard, has stepped in as the starting left tackle, has had a heck of a camp. He's he's a really good player, but he's not he hasn't been a left tackle very long, and he has usually does not go up against Ed Rushers. Um, but Elkton Jenkins beat him three times in a row, and on the very last one, he put him to the ground. And these are pass blocking snaps. Okay, you don't get pancakes on pass. Pl- blocking opportunities you do that on run blocking opportunities okay and elkin jenkins put preston smith to the ground okay um it and that that concerns me I mean, you know i'm excited for elkin jenkins but it concerns me that preston smith isn't winning some of these snaps okay um and to me uh preston smith being that third ad rusher that's okay Okay, I'm okay with Preston Smith being that third edge rusher, but the lack of depth on the edge is what's the most concerning. Okay, if I talk to 10 Packers fans right now, one person might be able to name one other edge rusher on this team, but many couldn't. I struggle at times because these guys aren't even talked about because they don't stick out, they don't make plays. Guys like Jonathan Garvin, Randy Ramsey, the two main edge rushers behind these three, um, but they're never talked about because they don't make an impact on defense. And not to mention Randy Ramsey, the fourth, fifth guy on our edge rusher list had a bad foot ankle injury a few days ago. And now our depth on the edge is even worse than it was before. That's concerning. We can't have Jonathan Garvin or whoever else who makes this roster be forced to play a high percentage of snaps. If an injury does occur. Okay. Uh, and right now it's hasn't practiced yet. Preston, Rashawn Gary, either one of those guys could go down any second. And then you're talking about Jonathan Garvin being a starter on your defense. Okay. You need to have better depth in that. That's concerning to me. And the Packers have a similar issue on the interior defensive line as well. So far, King Zakiki, the guy who was set to be the starter next to Kenny Clark, hasn't played it all yet in his absence. Uh, we've heard rookie TJ Slayton has actually played very well. We've seen him really stand out in camp, and that's a name to watch for sure. Um, I, I'm excited that TJ Slayton has been looking good, but this pass rush will not be dominant uh, the way it needs to be, okay, with just Rashawn Gary 
Preston Smith, Kenny Clark, and rookie TJ Slayton, or whatever other interior defensive lineman you put out there, whether it's Dean Lowry or Tyler Lancaster, okay, it doesn't matter. It just won't, and that concerns me. This defense wants to rush the passer with just four guys, okay? The whole point of this defense is you're supposed to win with your front four. You're dropping seven back in coverage, okay? you It wants to run a lot of zone. If you're running zone, you have to have lots of players. When you run man, you can have a few more guys rush the passer, um, but it's difficult to even rush five players when you're in a zone defense and zone coverage, okay? And you need to be able to win up front with just four guys. And I love Kenny Clark, and I really like uh, Rashawn Gary. I, I'm, I have confidence in those two. But when it comes to Preston Smith... And whoever else is out there, I'm 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 hopeful about, but I don't know if they're ready to to take on that kind of pressure to be able to win pass rush opportunities that often to really have an impact and really make this defense special. Okay. And that's what concerns me. And if the Packers are in a situation with Zedaria Smith, Rashawn Gary out, or Kenny Clark out, or whatever. We need to have depth on this defensive line. And the holes don't just stop on the defensive line. So far in camp, we've seen a lack of depth at the linebacker position as well. Um, Really, the only two guys, Chris Barnes and Devondre Campbell, have been the guys who've really run the defense, okay? These two have actually played fairly solid and done well in camp so far. Uh, uh, Chris Barnes, second-year player um, out of UCLA, undrafted free agents, he... um, Talked about how he he was pretty heavy last year, and he's lost a bunch of weight. He's much more athletic. He's a lot faster, which is exciting because I thought he had a good rookie season knowing the situation. And Campbell, veteran linebacker, has been solid in coverage so far we've seen. Um, and it's great to have that from that second linebacker. But behind these two guys, there's not too much to talk about. Oren Burks, Ty Summers, honestly, we're talked about. They are leaders of special teams, but that's it. Okay, they're not. You do not want these guys playing snaps on defense. And then second-year player, Kamal Martin, who I was excited about, he did have a minor injury a couple days ago, and Matt LaFleur actually stated also he needs to prove himself before he starts to see any reps, even before Ty Summers. Kamal Martin is not getting reps before Ty Summers, and that's concerning because we know Ty Summers. He's he's boring, he's dull, and just not super talented. Okay, uh, And so at linebacker right now, we only have two guys. We can sort of trust and that's it and I won't even know if he'd go that far and we'll get into that in a little bit but and then even in the secondary we've seen what we've seen from training camp so far is this defense wants to run a lot of looks with three safeties on the field okay and when running team drills um, what they've done is they put Adrian Amos in the box they've taken a linebacker off the field and they put Darnell Savage back deep with someone else okay and so to start the offseason, they had Will Redmond was the guy who was that third safety who was playing deep back with Darnell Savage, okay? That's concerning, okay? We know who Will Redmond is. He is a great special teamer for the Packers, but this guy should not be playing snaps on defense. And it says a lot, okay, um, about where the safety position is at when he's getting the reps over anybody else when it was in OTAs, Okay. Um, he's the guy who gave up big plays against Tampa Bay last season in the in the championship game. He had a 55 overall grade on defense last season, which is pretty darn bad. And in the playoffs, both of his games, he graded out at worse than 50 overall. Okay, 
This guy did not play well to end the season. He did not play well during the season, okay? He is not a good player. And in this defense, we're going to run a lot of looks with three safeties, and he cannot be a guy we rely on, okay? We've also, well, Will Redmond is one of the guys who's on that injured list as well. So Will Redmond is the Packers' choice as that third safety, okay? And he's injured, so he's not in there. And other guys, Vernon Scott, Henry Black, have both had opportunities to run that other deep safety spot with Will Redmond out. But they are not their preferred choice. Will Redmond is the preferred choice, okay? And that's bad because we know he is not that good, okay? And then finally, the one place that I thought might have holes, um, which totally could if an injury happens, uh, was that first week of camp, uh, during the first week of camp, was the cornerback position. Kevin King is the big name that has not practiced at all yet. No surprise there um, because Kevin King has really been a disappointment much of his career because his career has been marred with injuries. And he's starting camp again injured, and that worries me a lot because Kevin King is just like everyone else right now. We're in a new defense, and this is not an easy defense to learn as a defensive back, and he, he needs his reps as much as anybody, and he's not getting them because he's injured. He's not on the field. And in his absence, Eric Stokes has been the guy out there opposite of Jair, Jair Alexander. And even though Stokes is supposed to be this very fast corner and a first-round player, he is a rookie, and he's getting toast through practice all of last week. He was he was picked on more than anybody. I don't know if that was on purpose by Aaron Rodgers, but Devontae Adams... Uh, and many other players made him look just like the rookie most corners are to start their NFL career. Um, this week, though, Stokes started to make some big improvements, honestly, every day. And we've seen a guy, he who has gotten better every single day. And Stokes has had to match up against Devontae Adams, the best in the game. And he actually is starting to force incompletions. He's not getting burnt deep like he was last week. He's winning on crossing routes. We see a guy in just a week's time who is having... Uh, the game began to slow down for him. And he's starting to react a lot faster, which is exciting. You have to remember that this is a guy who isn't maybe as quick or agile as Jair, Jair Alexander, but is actually much faster. And if he can utilize that speed, he could be really good. Even Jair in his rookie season struggled at times. And uh, also, without Kevin King out there, and Jair actually recovering from a minor injury, the other player who has gotten a lot of reps in their absences has been former second-round pick Josh Jackson. This is a guy who I thought would be perfect in this new defense, and he also struggled last week. But this week, things have changed as well for him. He's really started to turn around. Jackson, most notably, has uh, done very well for himself, even against Devontae, uh, where he put up some good reps against him on Tuesday. In one-on-ones today on Thursday, he had back-to-back reps, just blanketing both Adams and then Lazard in coverage. And with that good day, um, today was the first day the Packers actually tried a different alignment of corners on the field. Usually, to start camp, the Packers had Jair Alexander on the outside, Stokes on the other side with King out, and then Chan Sullivan in the slot. But today, what they did is they took Chan Chan Sullivan out of the slot, and then with Jair healthy again, they moved him into the slot, okay, for these team drills. And with... Jair on the slot that they put Josh Jackson on one side and Eric Stokes on the other. Jackson had been only getting reps on the outside because Jair had been hurt, but it seems 
as if Jackson has earned himself reps even when Jair is there to the point that the Packers tried putting Sullivan out of the slot. Okay, and yeah, the Packers need to be ready for injury in case Sullivan is hurt, and this is the lineup they would have to use, but it's also interesting. The Packers might say, and might be saying in a way, hey, our three best corners might not include Shan Sullivan, and if that's the case, that means Jair is going to move to the slot. And this is actually exciting because the Packers, I think, are much deeper at corner after this week of camp than they seemed just a week ago. Because what this tells me is that, hey, we feel comfortable starting Stokes, Jackson, and King, most likely in the outside. And they feel comfortable starting Sullivan in the slot. And the Packers are even excited about Shamar Jean Charles as well, another guy who's going to be the slot, a slot corner for them as well. And obviously, they they feel really good about Jair anywhere on the field. So, uh, and the Packers, and so the depth the Packers have, if they stay, stay healthy, could be okay in the secondary. But if they don't, if we lose a guy like Jair Alexander, this could go downhill pretty quickly for the Packers and this corner group. And this is this is what concerns me. There's a lot of situations here where the Packers defense overall could be in a lot of trouble if these main guys don't stay healthy on defense. Okay, On the defensive line, if Zadari Smith and King Zakiki are out for a couple weeks, can we get by? At linebacker, what are we going to do if Barnes or Campbell goes down? At safety, what if Savage or Amos misses some time? At corner, would we have one of the worst corner groups in the entire NFL if for some reason Jair Alexander had to miss a good chunk of time? Do we have the depth to actually keep a solid defense around, or do we need to bring in some more players? Because right now, I am worried. I don't think the Packers have the depth on defense to, to fulfill their goal of making it to the Super Bowl, and that's the thing. It's Super Bowl or bust for the Packers this season. Right now, the Packers have basically backed themselves into a hole for next season. Right now, after all the new deals the Packers have made, they are $46 million over the cap in the 2022 season. That's a hole that is almost impossible to come out of. Okay, As I look at next season right now, the basically the only ways for the Packers to get out of that is by cutting Zedaria Smith and trading Aaron Rodgers. So that basically means it's a make-or-break season for the Packers. It's Super Bowl or bust, which is very risky already. The Packers spent all offseason pushing money back for this opportunity, and they have to capitalize. But they can't get cheap now, okay? I am more conservative than most, okay, when it comes to saving money, being wise with my money. But honestly, right now, the Packers have put themselves in a spot where they're all in. They're all in for going to a Super Bowl this year and winning it. And what I see as Aaron Rodgers' final season with the Packers, not because they don't want him here or he shouldn't be here, that's not the case at all. I only say that because of our cap situation. And there are ways to make it work. They could extend Rodgers, push his entire cap hit back. They could extend Devontae Adams, push his entire cap eight back. They could extend Jair Alexander. There are ways that this could work, but it's very, very tough, and it's very difficult, almost impossible, and I couldn't imagine the future, what it would be like. It's hard for me to think about it. Basically, right now is the Packers have to win this year, and they've already bet so much, okay? And in this situation, you can't get cheap now. You have to honestly evaluate. You have to honestly be able to evaluate. As a GM, you have to say, 
I drafted this guy. I picked this guy. I hope he's good. But you have to actually evaluate how good is he. Because when you look at the depth at edge, at defensive tackle, at linebacker, at safety, at corner, I am I'm concerned. Okay, I am worried if the Packers have to rely on rookie TJ Slayton all year. I I want TJ Slayton to be good, but I'm worried about that. At linebacker, I'm worried if the Packers would have to rely on Ty Summers all year. That concerns me. At edge, I'd be worried if the Packers are without Isidarius Smith. How impactful would that edge be? That edge rusher position be? At safety, what the heck would the Packers do if they didn't have Adrian Amos, the most stable, consistent, good safety in the NFL, um, and they had to have Will Redman as a starter? Or if the Packers didn't have Jair out there? Okay. In my last podcast, went through our offense. We are good on offense, really good on offense. Okay. I honestly think this offense is going to be another top five offense in the NFL. We have depth everywhere. And it's a, it's a really good place to be for the Packers. But defensively is what concerns me. I don't see these guys every day. I only get a glimpse of where they're at. But I don't think you can go into this season where you are trying to win a Super Bowl when everything counts about winning the Super Bowl and say, yeah, you know, they're okay. I think, I think we'll be all right if an injury happens. No, you can't do that. You have to be confident and be able to say, yeah, they are ready to play if needed be. And I'm actually excited to see them play. And right now, I'm not excited to see a lot of these depth guys, a lot of these depth guys play if they had to. Luckily, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, though, they constructed a new contract that gives them flexibility to do something about these holes on defense, about these depth problems on defense. The Packers are currently now $12.466 million under the cap for the 2021 season, meaning they actually have some money to spend because of the way they reworked Rodgers' contract. And that's not just chump change. One player I mentioned last week in my podcast who I really liked, who I thought the Packers should go out and sign, who just signed a new deal with the Baltimore Ravens, was Ed Rusher Justin Houston. And they just signed him to a one-year $4 million deal. That was a steal for a player of his caliber. Justin Houston pretty much just set the market as well for all those veterans who are still on side. And that's a big deal. Because right now, those other veterans, they all are waiting we're going to wait for someone who gets hurt, and then we're going to come on and get the money we we desire, okay? But right now, Justin Houston kind of was the first big veteran free agent who's been waiting. He signed a one-year $4 million deal, $4 million deal, and he kind of set the market, you know? And now all, all these other veteran free agents, they're going to say, GMs are going to be like, I'll give you one-year $4 million. That's what Justin Houston got, okay? And that's, so with the Packers having about, a little over $12 million in cap space. Really, that's technically three players you could be adding to this defense, okay? And I can go through four players right now who excite me. It could be Geno Atkins, defensive tackle, formerly the Cincinnati Bengals, for $4 million. A guy who can immediately come in and start and be a game changer for a defensive line. Truly giving the Packers more depth, not only at edge, but at defensive tackle or I should say, more depth at defense tackle, and not only there, but at edge. Because we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but Zedarius Smith plays both of those spots. He plays defensive tackle and on the edge uh, in certain situations. Okay, And so by signing a guy like Geno Atkins, um, that would give you depth at both of those positions on your defensive line. Right now, 
the guy who would most likely start on the defensive line, if healthy, would be Kingsley Kiki or Dean Lowry. Neither of these two guys are very good. Atkins has had 53 pressures. Sorry, can't talk today. Has had 53 pressures or more over the last five seasons in a row when he was healthy. Lowry had just 21 last season. Kiki had about 40. If you gave him the amount of snaps that uh, Geno Atkins usually has. Atkins would be an immediate upgrade over both of these guys, even if they aren't injured. At linebacker, okay, it could be the Packers going out and signing K.J. Wright, who was one of the best coverage linebackers last season. He had a 75.7 overall PFF grade, which would be a huge upgrade at linebacker in the middle of our defense. Chris Barnes, who I'm hopeful about, he actually had a 43 overall grade last season. Really, really bad. Devondre Campbell had a 49 overall grade last season. Those guys were terrible in general, but especially terrible in comparison to KJ Wright. And Wright would especially add a lot to our defense in obvious passing situations, which is the most important thing about today's NFL, as he could be the lone linebacker in those three safety looks and play well running our defense and not be a liability in coverage at safety. The Packers could bring in Trey Boston, a guy who in the last four seasons has had two seasons of elite coverage, one which was very solid, and then another which was not so good. But that not so good season was when he was asked to play in the box a lot, which isn't where he is at his best. Boston could give us the best three safety look in all of the NFL. Would be a huge upgrade over Will Redman, a guy who shouldn't be playing defensive snaps for us. And finally, it could be even Richard Sherman coming in and being the starter opposite of Jair Alexander, locking down one entire side of the field. Because if the Packers lose Jair Alexander right now, they have no real guys at cornerback. They have no studs, and that could be a huge problem. And the Packers really aren't sure about Eric Stokes, Josh Jackson, um, and Kevin King, who is average at best. All four of these guys could truly be an upgrade. Geno Atkins on the defensive line. KJ Wright at linebacker, Trey Boston at safety, and Richard Sherman at corner. And they are all options for the Packers. Reasonable options right now. Each of these guys could come in and make a huge impact because we have $12 million of cap space. You could sign three of those guys realistically. And if you want to hear more about each of these guys, listen to my last podcast. But if the Packers truly are serious about winning a Super Bowl, they should be going after two or at least one of these guys in one of these defensive position groups that they are the most concerned about moving forward as they have seen how good these guys really are at this point. And they know which position that is. They've seen a lot already in just almost two full weeks of practice and look for the Packers to pick up one of these players in the next couple of weeks, hopefully the next couple of days, because if they don't, the lack of depth on this Packers defense could be what holds them back from winning a Super Bowl in what's mostly, most likely Aaron Rodgers' final season as a Packer. So that's all we have today, folks. Make sure to stay tuned for more episodes of Packers Now. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, give me a review so I can hear what you guys think about the podcast, and tell your friends about Packers Now so that they can get all the latest updates on the green and gold because it's always Packers season at Packers Now. Thanks, guys.